All right, everybody, this is Maddie Kay, and this is another edition of the Working Experience Podcast. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. Y'all need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? Man, HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my toast? Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was flipping his toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Hey, everyone. It's Maddie Kay. And John. And we are doing another edition of Working Experience Podcast. And we're going to talk about the gig economy, uh, which when I first heard that, I thought it had something to do with computers. Because the word <laughs> gig, I thought gigabyte, and I really couldn't figure it out. Uh, but it is gig as opposed to a long time permanent job. And, you know, John and I frequently sort of rag on the. Um, uh, you know, the futility of the 50, 60 hour work week, slogging it out every day. But freelance work, and I can attest to this, it is not glamorous. It is very stressful. Uh, I've been cheated out of money, not paid, essentially. As have I. So, and you never know what the next month is going to bring. You never know about, you know, paying your rent. I had to pay my own health insurance, which at that time was like, 250 a month. I had some cut rate New York City health insurance. Um, but now a lot more people are doing this. Like it's, I think jobs that were intended to be part time have now become for a lot of people their main source of income, like driving for Uber or Lyft. Yeah, I mean, so when, um, when I started out as freelance, and I think this is the same as, as yourself, Matt, is I was a freelance editor. And this was before, you know, the, the app revolution and the iPhone, you know, so the Ubers and the Airbnbs of the world and the, the Lyfts of the world were not in existence. Um, but there's parallels. I mean, there, you know, I would, when freelance was great, it was great. When it was bad, it was really, really bad because you would end up spending the majority of your time looking for that next gig. So it was a false reality of freedom, you know, of you would like, you know, the way that, you know, the, the gig economy is, you know, presented to someone is, you know, make your own hours, be your own boss. So. You're, you're, you know, you're kind of like willing your own destiny or writing your own script or whatever that, that crap is. But in reality is you're, you're spending the majority of your time looking for gigs. Then you're on a gig and you think you're on top of the world. And then you stop looking for that next gig. And then that gig ends. And then you're up shit's creek. And then you are <laughs> scrambling to find the next gig. And then all of that, that downtime so basically, like you're not asking for that downtime. Sometimes it just happens, um, and sometimes you don't want it to happen. Sometimes you got to pay the water bill or the electric bill or your rent, and you didn't intend not to work for two weeks during the month of March, but 
You just, there was no work. Uh, so it could be, it could be rough going. For me, I think it lasted like about three years, maybe two and a half years. Um, and it got better. It got a little bit better as I went along. Um, and, you know, the best thing to do would be to, for me would be to work on a TV show because a show would last about, you know, four to six months. Um, and that was steady work and that was like the holy grail. But working on like commercials and stuff was shorter. Um, documentaries wasn't that great. Um, and, you know, like Matt said, you know, you're responsible for your own benefits. You know, you're paying your own health insurance. You know, you gotta, you've got to deal with your own taxes. So there's a lot of um, responsibilities tossed on your back, which all has, you know, real costs. And then you, you always, you know, as a freelancer, uh, and this probably this has parallels to the job market too, is you never really know what you're supposed to charge. So you're always asking other people, you don't know if you're undercharging, if you're overcharging, and that can be a, a, a bit stressful. Yeah, you know, it, it's, um, I was always afraid to turn down jobs because like, you're right, downtime came easily enough I remember in the middle of that, I took a trip to Brazil for about three weeks and I came back and it was like, you know, I had calls and this and that. And it's sort of like you're losing double the amount of money in a sense because uh, you're not, you're, you're spending money on your trip. And I'm a big believer in vacations. You got to take time off. You got to travel. But then you're also losing the money you're not there for. So it's not like you have a salary that just keeps coming in yeah, you, and you're spending the money and then you'll make it up. Yeah, it's always in the back of your mind that yeah. you're, you're not making that day rate or you're not making that weekly rate. And then you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm here in Brazil, and, but I could have worked this week. What happens when I get back next week? There is nothing to work on. Right. Like I missed, you know, potentially $1,500 of work this week. That's, you know, I had a a message on my phone when I got back, oh, hey, where are you, blah, blah, blah. And when you're freelancing, it's so easy for you to drop off the map and people to stop calling you right. if you were not available. Yeah. So downtime, if I got on to a feature and that lasted six weeks, that was, that was nice. And then two days off felt great, but then it was like, okay, my phone's not ringing. Like, what? You know, <laughs> like, freaking out. I already spent all the money that I made, like... And you want to be able to take trips. So it's, I think with everything in life, unless you got a million bucks in the bank, it's always trade-offs. I mean, you might be strapped in for 40 hours a week at a job you really don't like, but there is that security and there's a certain freedom in that security. Freelancing, you're right, it's a facade. I mean, it's just like, I got to make money like anybody else. And it's like, yeah. I can't just mess around for a month like, I, I gotta make money. Yeah, and, and, it's, so. and you always like, you know, you always think it's greener on the other side of the. Always. The, whatever that saying is, you know, as, as a freelancer or as a full salaried employee, you dream of being, you know, working for yourself or being a freelancer. And then when you get into freelancing, you, you know, you long for the days when you had that steady paycheck no matter what happened. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, for like the Ubers of the world and the Lyfts of the world, it's far cheaper for them to have this, you know, this gig economy where people are independent contractors and not employees and they don't have to worry about benefits and, 
and salaries. And, you know, the, you know, one of the things that, and we, we pulled up an article that we both read of, you know, how people, you know, is this good? Is this beneficial to, um, you know, the worker? Or are people, you know, working themselves to death? You know, and when you said um, a company says to somebody or, or their big advertising is, you make your own hours and you're your own boss, to me that translates into, I'm doing all the work and you're taking a piece of it. Which is like four or five years ago when I first moved up to Massachusetts and I didn't have my teaching license yet. And I was, you know, looking into different jobs and one was a tutorial service. And so I call, I sent a resume or whatever. They call me. And it was like, well, you know, you, you go to the client's home and you find the clients and you decide on the, I'm like, what do you do? Right. What, why are you taking part? Well, basically the clients paid the center, the employer, right. and they paid me after, of course, taking a chunk. Like, why? And it, but it was billed to me as like, oh, this is all about you. It's all independent. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, but with something like Uber, they're they're providing the Uber driver with the customers, and they're handling all the payment and all True. the back end. So it'd be like akin to like, you know, take someone like FedEx, right? So FedEx, um, and I don't know if FedEx is union. Is FedEx union? Do you know? I think they I are. I guess right? I don't know actually. Okay, but you got a driver, okay? That you know you could easily you know equate them to an uber driver except they're picking up packages and they're dropping them off they're paid by fedex and they're paid benefits and they have you know all the rights of an employee and an uber driver is picking up people and dropping them off except it's their car right all the expenses of that maintenance of that car rely on that uber driver the fedex driver doesn't own that fedex truck he couldn't give two shits about what happens to that fedex truck right the Uber driver is picking up a person, dropping them off, and um, but they're both relying on the technology and the logistics of, you know, FedEx is relying, a FedEx uh, driver is relying on that as is an Uber driver. So the question is, you know, is it, uh, you know, the working experience? So is it beneficial for people, you know, to? But like, let's say you're you're doing this. Uber would like to think that it's extremely beneficial. Where you just you know you're you need to fill in a couple hours. You got a idle asset sitting around your car. Why don't you become an Uber driver and make you know a couple hundred dollars a week by picking people up and dropping people off? And their contention is that was the original intent. Like this is not supposed to be a full time job. This right. supposed to be like. Part-time gig. Well, one of my neighbors, he's retired and he does Uber, and he loves it. Goes out a couple days a week. He'll do like four hours on a Tuesday morning, four hours on a Thursday morning. He'll make like seven hundred bucks. Right. But he has a pension, right. benefits, and all that. But he loves it because he's like otherwise just extra money, yeah, just seven hundred bucks in his pocket right. minus whatever taxes or whatever. So right, you know, an extra two grand a month. He's like, it's great. We take trips. We do yeah. Whatever. And I think he did pretty well for himself. He just likes to work. So I think Uber would say, well, that's, or Lyft, that's who we're talking about. Right. We're not talking about a single mother right. driving Uber. Well, they have this story here that uh, is interesting because you can interpret it one of two ways. Uh, let's see. Last September, 
a very 21st century type of story appeared in the company blog of the ride-sharing app Lyft. Longtime Lyft driver and mentor, Mary, was nine months pregnant when she picked up a passenger the night of July 21st, the post began, about a week away from her due date. Mary decided to drive for a few hours after a day of mentoring, whatever that means. You can guess what happened next. Mary, who was driving in Chicago, picked up a few riders, then started having contractions. Since she was still a week away from her due date, Lyft wrote, she assumed they were simply a false alarm and continued driving. As the contractions continued, Mary decided to drive to the hospital. Since she didn't believe she was going into labor yet, Lyft went on, she stayed in driver mode, and sure enough, ping, she received a ride request en route to the hospital. Luckily, as Lyft put it, the passenger requested a short trip. After completing it, Mary went to the hospital where she was informed that she was in labor. She gave birth to a daughter whose picture appears in the post. She's wearing a Little Miss Lyft onesie. The post concludes with a call for similar stories. Do you have an exciting Lyft story you'd love to share? Tweet us your story at, at Lyft blah blah blah. And they go on to say in the article, Mary's story looks different to different people. Within the ghoulishly cheerful Lyft publication relations machinery, Mary is an exemplar of hard work and dedication, the latter being perhaps hard to come by in a company that refuses to classify its drivers as employees. Mary's entrepreneurial spirit, taking ride requests while she was in labor, is an exciting example of how seamless and flexible app flexible app-based employment can be. Look at that hustle. You can make a quick buck with Lyft anytime, even when your cervix is dilating. Jesus. Lyft, yeah. I'll just read this next part here. Lyft does not provide its drivers paid maternity leave or health insurance. It offers to connect drivers to an insurance broker and helpfully notes that the Affordable Care Act offers many choices to make sure you're covered. Yeah, this is like... I mean, you look at it through a different lens. A nine-month yeah. pregnant woman is driving a lift car. <laughs> and it's this sounds like the communist propaganda of, like, the uncomplaining worker, you know, like, uh, yeah. gave birth in the field and was right back oh, to oh. harvesting. I mean, it's like, that's rough, man. That is yeah. rough. I mean, I admire her for doing that. Right. I mean, if this story is even real, I don't know. Sometimes they're a little suspect yeah, no, these things. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't researched <laughs> whether that's real or not. But, it, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was. But it's disturbing. A, a woman that close to being, to giving birth should not be working. No. That's not something to celebrate. No. And, you know, it, it's, it's a, um, you know, like that would never happen in, like, Denmark or like any European um, country where, you know, there's ample benefits, ample vacation time, maternity leave, paternity leave. Um, or if she was working at, you know, at a law firm or my brother got paternity leave. Right, right. And my sister-in-law gets maternity leave, got maternity leave and, you know, I mean, but they both are, you know, beyond college educated and whatnot. I mean, yeah, you know, but it, it's, it's an interesting, you know, it's like you were, like you were talking about your, on the one side you have that, and the, on the other side you have your buddy who's retired, who's picking up an extra two grand a month and he loves it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, how do you... Oh, people love Uber. I mean, I've used it. I love Uber, too. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've used it, too. And I'm sure, it, you know, it, I don't know how many people it works for, you know, the, the drivers, where they love it or people are trying to make, you know, a full-time... Or should they be trying to make a full-time living? You know, there's... Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not a black and white thing, but I think that, you know, the gig economy where people... You know, was it was there another one? There's um, there's Task Rabbit, where for like five bucks people will go do something. There's like there's that thing. <laughs> Never there's, heard uh, of that. There's Freelancer.com. Um, there's all these like short term. Oh, there's Fiverr. Do you know Fiverr? That's that's right. For like five bucks, it starts Fiverr. at yeah, it starts at five bucks, and people will make a logo or do they'll do anything. Pretty much, um, but and then it goes up from there. You oh, that, that's right here. Fiverr, an online freelance marketplace that promotes itself as being the for the lean entrepreneur, as its name suggests. Services advertised on Fiverr can be purchased for as low as five dollars. Recently attracted ire for an ad campaign in Doers We Trust. One ad prominently displayed on some New York City subway. Cars features a woman staring at the camera with a look of blank determination. You eat a coffee for lunch, the ad proclaims. You follow through on your follow through. Sleep deprivation deprivation is your drug of choice. You might be a doer. So, like for five dollars, could I have somebody come and clip my fingernails? No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, that, that's like task grab it. You could have certain, oh, okay, certain tasks. But Fiverr would be like if you wanted like a logo done. And, and a lot of this stuff is done like overseas. So for like, you know, but usually it's, it starts at $5, but then there are add-ons. So you could easily spend 10, 15, 50, 100 bucks. Well, as it says here, the title of this is The Gig Economy Celebrates Working Yourself to Death. And it is like... Yeah, like sleep deprivation and all of that. It, it's like, how much are you supposed to work? Like how much? There was a guy I taught with in Quincy who I'd gone to high school with. I hadn't seen him since high school. Another teacher told me he had gone to where I went to high school. And he had done sales before he became a teacher. Very smart guy. He's a math teacher. He teaches like AP math. But he'd gone into sales. And I, I remembered him. Once we started talking, I remember he was really smart, and I kind of, I was a little surprised he had gone into sales, and he was just like, sales sucks. He's like, it was awful. Mm -hmm. If you were not working, he said, I always felt like I was losing money. Right. Like you, even on a Sunday afternoon. Right. Like I'm not making a sale, somebody else is making a sale, I gotta, you know, this and that. And he tried to sort of describe for me what he did, like working with clients for the company, I forget who he worked for, Gillette maybe? And he was just like, you just can never get away from it. Yeah, I mean, you could easily, you know, you could easily work yourself to death in a salary job. I mean, I worked in investment banking. I saw, I saw firsthand, like, people working 100, 120 hours a week. It just, I mean, Well, I suppose ruined. it's a little different, like, being, and I'm using air quotes, the entrepreneur where, like, you just are always trying to do something to make money, like driving Uber, driving Lyft, Taskmaster, or whatever that is, Fiverr. Like you're always TaskRabbit. TaskRabbit. I don't even know if that's still in existence, but you know, and it's it is that idea of like 
you know, like, and again, this is, you know, for some people, they have to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week just to, to get by. You know, they don't work the types of jobs where you get sick leave or vacation or a mental health day or anything like that. Oh, there it is. Yeah, the convenient and fast way to get things done around the house. So what does that mean? Someone comes to your house and does that? Yeah, I guess yeah, it gets heavy lifting, general handyman. I just sit there and be like, okay. Mount a TV or a mirror. Can you heat up my um, Chef Boyardee yeah. in the microwave? Can, can, you, can, you, can you heat up my burrito? I don't, I don't like touching the. Uh, Thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, just just hang out. I'll probably have something else for you to do in a while. Can you you mow the lawn? Mow the lawn, great. Yeah, there you go. Because I can't do it. I'm tired. Um, yeah, I get you. Know, like it kind of. Well, there was, there was a woman, I saw this short documentary, she lives in one of those tiny houses that she can actually move around, it's on a trailer. Right. So she'll be in Seattle, um, go to Arizona, whatever. Uh, the thing is with those, and you saw that minimalist documentary, mm -hmm. right? Yep. They were always a little unclear, not a little unclear, they were totally unclear as to how they actually made money. Right. Like what these people did. Right. Like, she never got into how she made money. Right. I assume it was something online. I assume it was something that she could do mobily. But, like, there was a guy who worked in a bank. He had kind of long black hair, and he had been given a promotion, and then he just quit. Right. And he's like, you know, my life is going to be exuberantly mine. But it was, they just left it there. Right. And it was like, what did you do after you left? Well, I, like, mean, the, I mean, the whole idea of, like, this whole, like, with Uber and Lyft, using the term, like, entrepreneurial is, like... You're not really. Yeah, you, it's, there's a difference between like being like a freelancer and entrepreneurial. Like there's only so much money you can make as an Uber driver until right. you crash into a tree. Right. I mean, right. And, like, and the same thing with, with this other stuff. There's only so much you as an individual can make. There's only so many hours in the day. You know, entrepreneurial is like, you know, creating an app or building a company or yeah. employing people. I mean... So they're, they're almost like hijacking that term in a sense where they're trying to pull people into this model, you know, of, oh, yeah. Yeah. of like, they're, they're almost trying to sell people on this model of, and you know what the thing too is like, I'm not making a judgment about it because it works for people. It sure. does oh, work yeah. for some people. Yeah. And, and, and others, but my point is it's a, um, um, you know, it's like... It's sort of false advertising as to what it actually is. Yeah, I mean... And, you it's, know, a part -time yeah, it's a part-time job. Yeah. It's a part-time driving job. It's a part-time job. And, to, and you know, is it unrealistic to think that you can make a full, you know, do this as your career? When Uber could, you know, for whatever reason, stop giving you... Or you get in a car crash or you get accosted. Like, you... The company has zero liability, which... Which is, I don't think, is, is fair to the driver. You know, they've never... All right, how much does an Uber driver make? I'm just kind of curious, because I don't know. $1,300 guaranteed with Uber. Earn at least $1,300 for your first 200 trips. Terms apply. Sign up now. Signing up is easy. Yeah, that, that's Earn just... on your schedule. Safety is a priority. Get approved quickly. Insurance coverage. Oh, I guess they do offer insurance now, because that, that was a big problem. 
Now, $1,300 for 200 trips. So that would be... Okay, in, in three large metropolitan cities, drivers make far less than the national average, about uh, $20 per hour after expenses. So this is from the Washington Post. All right, so I want to see what is 1300 divided by... In, uh, no, I'm sorry. In Detroit, they make $8.70 per hour. In Houston, $10.75 per hour. In Denver, $13.17 per hour. Okay, so what they're guaranteeing here is that's $6.50 a trip. Now, how many trips can you make in a day? Like eight, maybe? Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> seems like a... Like 200 divided by eight, and I'm just throwing that number out there, that's 25 days. That's $1,300 in 25 days. Maybe you can make a lot more, I don't know. That number seems to be like, where did you come up with that? Yeah. Like, Elizabeth, I'll just, <laughs> I read Elizabeth Warren's book and when they were yapping about, um, not yapping, when they were debating health insurance and all that, the health insurance company said the Affordable Care Act will cost the average American $500 more a month. They literally pulled that out of the air. They made up $500. It had no basis in reality, no calculation, nothing. This kind of sounds like that. Right, right. Like $1,300, 200 trips. Yeah. And again, like how many trips can you make in a day? Yeah. Maybe you can make 12, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, no it, it's, um... But again, like, if you're, like, a friend of mine, he uh, just sold his pizza business. He had it for four years. He was tired of it. Um, he's get it. He got his real estate license. He's into that, and he's driving Uber. You know, he's got two kids. And, right, right. So he's driving Uber. Right. I think or Lyft, one of the two. At least that's what my brother told me. So for someone like him, like yeah, it probably works pretty well. Like he can drop yeah, his kids off at school. It's like a. It's probably a transitional thing for him. Right. Plus his wife works. Right. So and and then there's stuff like you know there's stuff like Airbnb you know where people are you know technically technically working they've got to you know put up photos and deal with guests coming in and out but people make real money based on an asset that they already own or rent. Yeah. So you know and and people have made a, a living out of being Airbnb hosts. Right? Yeah. And you know you you read about it, but again, I mean it's like yeah. it's probably probably pretty difficult. I'm assuming to like. Well, there's really also <laughs> my um, couple of houses, three houses up from my brother and my sister-in-law. They're pretty sure it's an Airbnb house. There have been some issues, like parking's become an issue, mm -hmm. like. The property, I guess, is not as well maintained. There's people in and out. And there's got to be there got to be zoning issues too. Where is he in D.C.? No. Yeah, and I don't. That's the big fight now. Is right. like the hotels are pushing hard for those zoning issues because they're lo uh, zoning laws because right. they're losing money. Now the last people, maybe not the last people, but I'm not going to cry too much about the hotel industry. Right. But it's yeah. I mean, like. You know, I've kind of joked about opening up my house for Airbnb and whatnot. But, like, if I had cars parked all over the street and, like, people in and out, up and down, and, yeah. you know, like, the neighbors might be like, what's going on? You know, and you, right. you rent it to, like, six 22-year-olds. 
Right. The play, there could be issues. Yeah, and I'm sure your neighbors will call the town. And Absolutely. They'll, they'll pay you a visit. So, and then there's the tax issues and all of that. But I think to get back to this article, the broader kind of, you know, the idea that you would expect and celebrate a nine-month pregnant woman to be working up until she gives birth. Yeah, is, and, and, and grabbing a, a ride. It's like, look how, look how this works. That's out. a disgrace. That well, woman should have been like off her feet for two weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to be think that pregnant women can't do anything, but good lord, I mean, that's terrible. Yeah, right up into the last minute. But you know, it, it is like pushing people to think like you have to be working all the time. Like right. you can't have quote unquote downtime. It's like it's not downtime. It's your life. Like read a book or watch a movie or sit on the couch and stare into space or, but this idea that like you always have to be like picking up more hours, picking up another shift, and and again you got a kid to pay for, you got to keep the lights on, food on the table. I'm not talking about those people, but it's just this like relentless sort of, you know, it, I guess it's people's standard of living too. Like for some people, if they don't have a BMW and a Mercedes in the driveway in a four bedroom house they're, they're failures they're failures and it's like I've got to work to pay for these things right. and it's like okay well you don't have to but <laughs> I mean if yeah. you want to keep them you do I well guess. I mean it, it's, it's the you know it's the proverbial why like society would have you believe that and advertising would have you believe that that's going to make you happy mm-hmm. that that four bedroom house the two cars in the driveway, the white picket fence, that's, that's what happiness is. But that's a big, bold-faced lie. You know what's funny is people, I didn't think it was a great movie, but you remember American Beauty, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah. People love that character and all yeah. of that, but it's like, nobody really does. Very few people actually yeah. quit their job. And I thought he was just kind of a selfish, narcissistic a-hole. But... Um, you know, people kind of dream about that. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, then you have to sacrifice, like, going out to eat five nights a week and right. having that car. And I don't know if, like, a week in Aspen would compensate me for the, yeah, you know, <laughs> the I, rest I, of the I, whole I, thing. I read the statistic that, like, over, like, 65% of Americans would be financially ruined if a... You know, of, of an unexpected bill of a thousand dollars, Jesus, came into their life, ruined. Which means that you know the vast majority of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. So the idea of this fantasy of quitting your yeah, you're gonna quit your job within I don't know a couple of weeks, or you're gonna be laid on your mortgage, <laughs> your cars are gonna be repossessed. Like if you there's no financial cushion. It's gonna, it's gonna, your, um, your dream is gonna quickly turn into a, a nightmare. But you know, you also wonder like, how much is their cell phone? How much did that cost? You know, oh, how I, much did all this stuff cost? Well, I think this, I think that would be the last thing that people would part with. <laughs> I think everything else would go to crap, and they wouldn't part with their cell phone. I am going to in the next month buy the newest, you know, iPhone. Is that the newest one? That's the newest one, yeah. And I have this cheap piece of craft the, Samsung. The, the iPhone X. Yeah. 
and you know, I kind of think I need it for business, for our business. Otherwise, it wouldn't bother, really. Right. But I guarantee you, and I was talking to my lady friend about this, I guarantee you I will do virtually nothing else on that phone than I do on this cheap piece of crap because I don't know how to do anything yeah, else. Yeah, that's probably the case. Better pictures, yes. Better video, yes, yeah. which is what I wanted for. Anything else, I don't really know how to do yeah, it. You're not going to even touch, scratch the surface. I downloaded Map My Run. I've used it twice because it doesn't work that well. <laughs> Uber I've used never because right. I don't. It's so complicated to try to use it. And I think those are the two apps I've downloaded, <laughs> and I don't know how to. You know, <laughs> see, I like the calculator. The calculator is wonderful. Right. Uh, there's a calendar that's very helpful. Well, there times. are there are very useful apps. The timer on the phone I love because if yeah. I'm cooking something I just set the timer. Timer's good. Yeah. Those are great. I assume the iPhone X has those features. They do. Because that is what I will be going they do. for. The <laughs> iPhone 4 has those features. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to be in the store going, okay, now can I tell the time on this? And where would that, oh, yeah. excellent. Put, the weather. two of them. Yeah, I can check the weather. I like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, there are several things I do enjoy about it. YouTube, I like to listen to YouTube at night sometimes. Right. Now, I have never downloaded a song or a podcast. I don't know how to do that. Oh, so you do go to Overcast, the app Overcast. So how does, like, the average 15-year-old download music onto their phone? Like, what do you do? Do you just go to iTunes? Is that the deal? Uh, it depends. That Most people right now are subscribing, so they'll have Spotify or they'll do Apple Music. Most people. So then I will have songs or, in my phone that or, I can just listen to? Or Pandora. Okay. So you would pay like 10 bucks a month and you could then listen to almost any song. You don't have to download the song, you're streaming the song. You can still download and pay for a song on iTunes, but most people now are subscribing. Okay, we're going to end this podcast because John just said streaming and I am now lost. Uh, so streaming is the, the <laughs> asset never physically hits your iPhone. So, so even what, if I'm driving in the car, I can listen to music. Correct. So when you watch YouTube, you're yeah. streaming that video. You're not downloading that video and then playing right. it. Yeah. It's the same thing with Spotify. Oh, okay. Well, I will keep our listeners updated. On my progress <laughs> with the iPhone, I assume it'll become a watch for me. Like I can check the time. Most people don't use. Occasionally, the, I can. The majority of the features. Send a text. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, as I said, I'll keep everybody abreast of my progress with the new phones and technology and streaming, and we will call it quits on this podcast. All right. Thanks everyone for listening again. And everybody who is out there in the gig economy, driving Uber and Lyft, my hat's off, and good luck. Drive safe, be well.